Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. everyone, welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live. I'm your host, Peter Winston, and today for GFA Live number 134, we go back to 1988 for some World Wrestling Federation action five days before the Survivor Series ding coming up. Kind of the, you know, sort of goal in the background of this whole journey, although I guess we're going to go past that. We, we missed last week in part because... Keithy had just gotten back from Los Angeles and I was performing a bizarre surgery on my laptop because it would say battery is defective. So I opened the damn thing up, even though I broke off a couple of pieces, replaced the battery. And then when I put it back together, I started getting a warning that said your fan might not be operating properly. So I opened it up again. And there was a piece that I had dropped on the fan that was causing that to happen. So took that off there. Everything's fine. We are all systems go for today. And of course, there's nobody I would rather have on this journey than my amigo, my compadre, my best friend of the whole world. A man who has enough Anna to not spoil the Jeopardy tapings that he attended in Los Angeles. The king of Los Angeles, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? King of LA! I'm doing good, Pete. How are you? I was expecting you to just be humming. I love L.A. I love L.A. Look, it's Enrico Palazzo. Um, yeah, no, I had a great time out there. And um, I'm sure you're dying to know. Uh, I, I can give you some quick highlights about about Los Angeles if you want. OK. All right. So there's some quick highlights about the trip with my mother. So as you know, I took the trip with my mother, my mother, who's 73 years old. Um. I didn't know this. Uh, let's put it this way. I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure I won't even travel anywhere with my mother's ashes next time. I mean, that's pretty much, <laughs> that's pretty much a statement I'm willing to guarantee. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun because I made it fun. Let's just put it that way. But um, I mean, it all started where I picked my mother up to go to the airport on Monday morning and she didn't stop talking until I dropped her off on Friday night. <laughs> back at her house <laughs> wow yeah like even to the point where i'm on the plane and i'm trying to watch a movie and my mother keeps fucking talking to me while i'm on, while i'm watching the movie on the plane i'm like jesus christ shut up woman probably <laughs> wish probably wish that you left her at uh at security like you did your apple watch yes yeah she definitely missed her old glasses let's put it that way uh no but there was a couple things so we get off the you know we got off the plane we went to like In-N-Out Burger and then, you know, she's like, oh, 
She wanted to go to like the Hollywood sign and she wanted to drive. I want to drive up and down Rodeo Drive. I don't want to buy anything. I just want to look at the stores. I was like, um, okay. So we drive up and down Rodeo Drive. I should have played the song from ba- uh, Beverly Hills Cop, the one, down, 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 but I didn't. Uh, instead, I think my mother wanted me to play the song from um, Pretty Woman, the one that's, uh, he's the king of wishful thinking. Because <laughs> those are the two songs that she associates with Rodeo Drive. Uh, I didn't play either of those in the car that we had, but the car that we had did have Sirius, which was nice. Um, I know what song you probably played. yes um i asked her several times i said do you want me to pull over and like have you go into a store no they'll throw me out if i go in one of those stores. my mother thinks that there's like security that's throwing out the riffraff of the store that you we know you don't have enough money lady get out of here so we didn't do that but um when we get to the we get to the point where you go see the hollywood sign right it's up at a very it's up at the top of like a hill there's like this scenic route that you can go. Yeah, it's up at the yeah. top of the hill, and it's a very steep hill. So I went as high up as I could go, and I went as level as I can. Because I know my mother doesn't walk really well, and she she left her cane at home. So I was like, okay. She almost rolled down the hill. <laughs> like It was just really sad. Like My poor mother like stumbled out of the car and was like, whoa. So I had to like balance her and everything. We got the picture and everything like that. Um, so that was fun. Uh, we did go to Jeopardy. Uh, we did see the Jeopardy tapings. I cannot spoil it for anybody because <laughs> they, I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, believe it or not. Oh, okay. So you can't uh, Jennings, Jennings went heel. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm, they don't make you sign anything. They just tell you, they're like, just don't tell anybody. Actually, they kind of play it off and they're, they're kind of played off where they go. Don't tell anybody. Which ones you see, and then when you play with your friends or family at home, you could be like, I know, you could say, I know all these hits. I was like, that's a pretty good one. What is Mexico? (laughs) (laughs) What is the road? (laughs) Right. Um, So that was was fun. Uh, We went to Universal Studios to go on, like, the tram tour, but we went through, like, the Harry Potter Village and... Um, the Simpsons world, which was awesome. Cause I went, we went to Krusty Burger and I got a rib, witch. <laughs> <laughs> the official meat flavored sandwich of the 1984 Olympics. <laughs> yes. Um, and we get up to the, again, like I said, my mother has difficulty walking. So I rented like one of the motorized scooters for her. So we get up to the thing and, um, what do you think the motorized scooter cost for rental for the day? hundred dollars. It wasn't a hundred. It was seventy-five. Okay. Okay. Which is not awful, but it's still pricey. Yeah. My mother goes, "Oh, don't get that. Get the regular one." And I was like, "The regular one that I gotta fucking push you around in?" I go, "I'm all set." So the regular one was like twenty-five. The the motorized one was fit was seventy-five. So I said, "I'll splurge because I'm not." I go, "It's gonna be. It's gonna cost me more in medical bills pushing your stupid ass around the whole time." <laughs> So I got the I got the motorized one. She almost ran over me like five times. Um, it was nice. She kept running into. At one point, we so when we went to Krusty Burger, we were eating um, attached to Krusty Burger is Moe's Tavern, and they have like um, you know that's where you like they have tables and stuff, and they have like in the middle of the thing is like the big pool table with like a you know plexiglass on it that you can eat at. So my mother's in the thing, and she's pulled up to it like face forward. And then she's like, well, I got to eat. So she kind of turns her scooter to, like, the side to, like, pull up. And she <laughs> drove 
fucking right into me. I was like, ow! I was like, stop! <laughs> ow! She didn't know how to work the scooter. She kept getting confused, you know. And then, um, and then the best was like, she says she wanted me to buy something. She wanted to buy me something. And I'm like, I don't need anything at the, at the universal. No, no, I want to get you something. I want to get you something. So I was like, okay. So I go into the cookie mart in the, in the Simpsons land. Right. And I'm looking at like, you know, I was looking at like t-shirts and pants and whatever, like the cases she comes into the cookie mart in her friggin' scooter. And she's like, now she's like stuck in the cookie mart because she can't she can't really maneuver because it's like a small little gift shop so i just get and i'm getting mad i'm getting frustrated so i go get up get up get up so i get her up and then i like put the thing in reverse and i'm like walking it back out the store well i guess there's like a safety feature on the cart that if a person rolls out of it it stops it stops and like kills the battery so my oh. mother couldn't get the thing started again because we didn't know how to reset it and so my mother's sitting there in front of the friggin' quickie mot, like trying to maneuver this stupid thing. And she's like, it won't go back on. I was like, <laughs> I hate my life. I'm like, somebody put a bullet in me right now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably good that you got the $75 scooter that you did have to. I, I can't have you retiring with back problems. No. I, I can't have you like Shawn Michaels can't, can't where, <laughs> where, where you go away for four years. <laughs> Because my podcasting career would cease to exist. Well, just a, just a couple of other highlights. Um, we went out for Korean barbecue, and my mother got drunk on soju, which is like a Korean version of sake. And um, she, yeah, she got tanked, and she was like, it became like um, therapy hour with like my friends, where she was just like basically airing all the dirty secrets of my family to my two friends and anyone with an earshot. Um, <laughs> When I asked her, she wanted to go back down Rodeo Drive again, so we were driving back down Rodeo Drive, and she was like, oh, maybe there's a sale in one of these stores. I was like, Ma, there's no fucking sale in the Louis Vuitton store. <laughs> 20% off. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the Cuda girl, oh, my God, she's calling me right now. She must know I'm talking about her. And the, <laughs> Her ears are burning. Yeah, and the Cuda Grave, the whole thing is, is as we're coming back on the plane, um, I was watching an episode of The Last of Us that's on HBO, mm -hmm. and I'll just say this. Um, there's a scene where two men are involved in uh, flagranto de delecto or whatever, and uh, my mother screams at the top because now she's watching a movie, so she's got the headphones on. So she's got her headphones on. She's sitting next to me. She leans over. She looks over at me, and she goes, as loud as can be on the plane, Are you watching Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> And that movie's now like 17 years old. Right. And I'm like going, I'm like, no, mom, no. And now, so now everyone on the plane thinks I'm like a big poof watching, you know, gay cowboys eating pudding. And I'm like, oh, damn it. So, yeah, again, I don't think I'm even traveling with my mother's ashes the next time. Like, that's no. Well, again, you, you, you can't judge what people watch on an airplane. Uh, one time to freak out the squares, I, I, I put on one of those Y planes crash deals. Uh, on on the plane, just because I thought it would be funny. It, 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 would, it would freak out anybody who decided to uh, invade my privacy and look over at my TV and check out what I was watching. Same thing, like <laughs> if I'm if I'm flying on a Monday night, like I always make sure to put Raw on there. Just like, all right, nobody's gonna talk to me. Right? No. They'll, give, they'll give me a good lead. You you have life. definitely established who you are as a person putting Monday Night Raw on. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to watch anything uh, like like the rest of you normals. So now, now that I sound like the ultimate warrior, mm-hmm. uh, we're back at the Baltimore Arena uh, this week for for the fucked up superstars taping where it's got the Saturday <laughs> Night Main Event banners, which confusing and confounding everybody. I and, love it. And this week we got as our feature bout. The Hockey Talk Man versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake in the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler classic <laughs> of 1988. Jesus. It's like this time, nothing's on the line, only pride. Every year in whatever wrestling company, and, and, and you, usually WWF, there, there's a matchup of two guys that it's like, all right, you, you've just run this back way too much. And in 1988, it was Beefcake versus honky but you know Miz versus Dolph Ziggler is another one I believe there was a stretch of 36 raws in a row where John Cena defeated Kane uh sometime <laughs> around 2013-2014 corporate Kane defeated uh Kane. you know everybody says Cena versus Orton but at least they would save that for the pay-per-views you know they're, yeah. they're not running that on raw every week but um yeah this one is all Survivor Series ding based because you know, Honky's co-captaining one team, and Brutus is uh, learning how to be warrior slave. You know, he, he's in training for that. Yes. And uh, now, I have always expressed my fondness for full-blown Chamber of Commerce, Vince, mm-hmm. where he's going to point out various things around. I mean, yeah, you don't have Camden Yards yet, but you get that, you know, the iconic Domino Sugar sign. You get the inner harbor which had just been refurbished here in 88 unfortunately we only got half-assed chamber of commerce vince in this one (laughs) well yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be left wanting by uh vince taking us around baltimore superstars of wrestling the baltimore arena is the home of the baltimore blast of the major indoor soccer league the baltimore thunder of the major indoor lacrosse league and the baltimore skipjacks of the American Hockey League. <laughs> wow. The, the Baltimore Skipjacks. It, it, it is an iconic AHL team name, but they have not had an AHL team in Baltimore for quite some time now. So. Uh, what happened to the Skipjacks? Uh, they, they, went, they went away. They were sent to a farm upstate somewhere. <laughs> but the, uh, the other two, I mean, these, these indoor lacrosse leagues and the indoor they, soccer leagues, they just come major. and go. Major, major, major. Got to, got to make that perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Baltimore. But they they announced that there's going to be a Springsteen show at the at Camden Yards, in addition to the one at the Baltimore Arena in April. There will be one at Camden Yards on September 9th, and uh, ho- hopefully, I can win the registration t- so that I can buy tickets for that. But you know, I do find it kind of interesting that he's playing at the. F- at the garden, the fleet center. Mm-hmm. And then they announced shows for him at Gillette. It's just yeah. funny that he's playing at a small venue and then he's playing at a major venue. No, that's, that's the way he does things. He does arenas in the spring. Then he, then oh. he, go, then he goes to Europe and then he comes back late summer and does big stadiums. Oh. But, but I am, I'm very amused that he's doing a, I think a seven city Jag in Canada in November, and it's only the cities in Canada with NHL teams. Now, obviously, you have to have an arena of a certain size. So, 
Bruce Springsteen says, fuck you to Quebec City. And he says, <laughs> fuck you to Saskatoon. <laughs> of course, Bruce doesn't want to play the place where uh, Bret Hart won the WWF title. Cause... No. He'd rather play the place where Bret Hart lost the WWF title. <laughs> and no cops call see him for Bruce either. Uh uh-uh, uh, we're not we're not doing that. But yeah, we're in we're in Baltimore and uh Vince and Jesse gotta do their intro, which I have to play because I I want I always like to see how much Jesse is going to bother you this week. <laughs> he, he just bothers me. He does. Everyone, I'm Vince McMahon, along with Jesse, the body the intern. You know, it's a good thing, McMahon, the WWF comes to Baltimore. We're the only major league sport they got to skip, Jacks. Who are they? Picked up for a World Wrestling Federation action. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, where were the Orioles playing at this time? They, they were playing in Baltimore. It's just that they were so bad that year, losing 107 games, that uh, they became... Still a major of, league team. Well, Was that sort- more or less a, j- a joke at the uh, Baltimore Colts' expense? Uh, no, I think it was because he named two minor league teams, or three minor league teams there, and um, not the one major league team that was playing in Baltimore at the time because they were so bad. Good. Okay. Yeah, again, Jesse just falling flat. Like, you know, Jesse would have benefited from writers of today. Oh, <laughs> I don't I don't know about that. But Baltimore was so desperate to get football back that they, uh, before they got the Ravens, they had a CFL team for like two or three years. <laughs> and they even won the Grey Cup in the CFL. <laughs> I think that's America's greatest fuck you to Canada, and it is definitely, definitely some sort of revenge for that eighteen War of 1812 business. Yeah. In Fort oh. Ticonderoga. <laughs> oh, here comes Shawn Michaels some nine years before he would lose a smile, which was uh, 20, 26 years ago this week, just down the street from me here. Every well, I'm year sure I... he, I'm sure he lost a smile at this point as well. <laughs> no, he never lost a smile with Janetti. They were always taking smile-inducing drugs and pills and so on and so forth. And there he is, folks. George, George South and Gene Ligon, who uh, these are the, the, the Crockett Super Jobber team, golden era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looks the, like uh, yeah, it looks like George South's hair grew back nicely. Mm. Or perhaps it wasn't even cut. Maybe it was just extensions. <laughs> or maybe he has extensions now. George South's hair at this point can be best described as Yarmir Yager, nineteen ninety-three. <laughs> I like, was going to say it could be this best described as uh, what was that guy? Oh God, the pitcher for the the pitcher who was like on the Red Sox, Rod Rod Beck. Oh, oh yes. Rod Beck. I know, got, I know Rod Beck was other places as well, but I just remember when he was on the Red Sox and um, Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment. Pittsfield's number one entertainment <laughs> destination, uh, supporting all of the greater uh, we- greater Albany and Western Massachusetts needs. Uh, he, he had said that Rod Beck, Rod Beck was on the mound and his, and his mullet was, di- was uh, protecting the outfield. <laughs> Rod Beck died the same weekend as Chris Benoit did. So we have oh. no we we think Benoit might have killed Rod Beck too. I want to know what Kevin weekend. Sullivan thinks about that. <laughs> ah ah. 
I'm sure Rod Becca knows what happened. Do you know that there's a, I, I, I know just saying Kevin Sullivan makes me think of roast beef places on the North Shore. Ooh, but yes. I, I, I don't know if you're aware that there's a Kelly's Roast Beef now open in Salem, New Hampshire, and I'm like afraid to go there. Like yeah. it's it's New Hampshire. It might not be authentic. Exactly. I mean, isn't that amazing that I mean, this is hyper local reference, but like, isn't it amazing that there really isn't a good I mean, there's no good roast beef place in Watertown. It really isn't. It's like, I don't know why there's like, I don't know why it's such a North Shore thing. In fact, there's actually like one roast beef place on the South Shore that I found out um, watching an episode of uh, Phantom Gourmet. And it's a guy who grew up in like Peabody. Yeah, <laughs> he's that's... like, he's like, I went down to, uh, I went down to Sharon and I decided to open up a roast beef place down there. Yeah, that's literally how it works. There's a guy who moved from Lynn, Massachusetts to Fort Lauderdale and has a roast beef place right right on the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. And for, I haven't been there, unfortunately, but I, I definitely – and the more we talk about it, the more I just want a roast beef sandwich. And the Rockers did yet another different finisher, which they seem to keep swapping it up. One of them held the guy up, and then – Yeah. What, what did he do, a super kick there? Yeah. Yeah, that the didn't Rockers. Help. The Rockers' gear, I just want to say, I wanted to point this out earlier, the Rockers' gear, well, it was like a drop kick, but and then it looks like a, almost like into a Frankensteiner. <laughs> but the... Um, well, that wasn't the, the, that wasn't the finish. No, that the wasn't finish the finisher, but the Rockers still need to get better... Uh, oh, yeah, it was a sweet gym music. They need to get better, uh, you know, like a German suplex, but a nice bridge by Marty. But their gear is too rock and roll expressy. No, I think that 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 might be a case of tying an onion to their belt because it was the style at the time. <laughs> I would have loved to have just seen one guy come out with an onion tied to his belt. I thought we were gonna get that when we had uh, Crusher Darso because remember how he had just the rope tying his pants up? I, yeah. I thought he would have had an onion on his belt, but he didn't. He's ragging on your cord, man. <laughs> so, so I think we may have seen history here. I, I am always a fan of kind of bringing out the the firsts or lasts in WWF history. And okay. yes, this is the first time Shawn Michaels pinned anybody with the super kick on mm. television, perhaps. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Although I guess Shawn wasn't the one who actually got the pin, but let's, let's say won a match with the, with the super kick that wouldn't get you a green belt at your local karate dojo. <laughs> That's my favorite Eric Bischoff spoiling raw thing where, mm-hmm. He felled the big guy with three super kicks. Can't, can't even say Sid's name. <laughs> I can't, can't even say his name. <laughs> Arnie, Arnie Anderson, I guess, would be Billy Leotato in that. I guess he... Uh... <laughs> good, good, thing, good thing he survived, though. Yeah. And speaking of the Sopranos, here we are at the Whatever Happened There segment. This Thanksgiving night, this Thursday night, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, at the Richfield Coliseum, the Survivor Series Dang. will be taking place. Of course, that's the competition where teams of five strive to survive. There will be 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars involved in this one. And he- yes, and that was always the appeal to me is you got you got 50 guys there because you got 20 of them in, in the tag match and then 10 in each of the other three. I feel like this might. I feel like this Survivor Series was a better payday than WrestleMania four, because <laughs> everybody was on the card. Although everybody was on the card at at four too, because they had that the battle, battle roar. 
Yeah, but you know. Well, WrestleMania four actually drew a fairly disappointing buy rate, which is which was brought up in discussions of the Hogan Andre angle because that that thirty fifth anniversary just happened earlier this month. That well, it drew a high TV rating, but it didn't lead to a good buy rate at WrestleMania four. So it's kind of a good news bad news scenario. Um, yeah, but I think that the I think I've read before that the reason why is it's very similar why they don't do like the King of the Ring anymore. It's because it's really hard to sell a pay-per-view on a tournament. Yeah. Because you don't have like an and I mean I know that Hogan and Andre would have been like an established main event match at least for WrestleMania 4, but at that point it had been done you know two more times. This was the third go around of Hogan Andre um on pay-per-view. Um, People... if you don't include the Survivor series, you know. People like to know what matches they're going to see when they turn on a pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, although I have no idea what's occurring on Elimination Chamber beyond the Roman match and the U.S. title. The, oh, I guess I guess Brock and Brock and Lashley is going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, bad example. The real example that I want to say is Starcade '98, where you turn it on and it feels like a fucking nitro because Mark Young is making his way to the ring, <laughs> or what, or whatever his name was, Mark. Uh, Who's the job guy at Starcade '98? <laughs> Mark Wait. Old. What? What? Mark? Uh, it. I just remember watching that show and it feeling like a nitro. <laughs> yeah. By the way, what the fuck's up? Is is that Goldberg criticizing Rihanna thing I, real? It, it can't be real. It can't be. Like, yeah. why is Goldberg talking about Rihanna? I know we are in the officially the stupidest fucking timeline of all, but. You know, oh, it was Jerry Flynn. Excuse me. I don't. Oh, well, Jerry Flynn's not a job, huh? Jerry... Oh, come on, come what? on. Brian Jerry... Adam, Brian Adams, and Scott Norton over Fit Finley and Jerry Flynn in the yeah, middle but of Jerry Starcade. Flynn, Jerry Flynn was a big deal in ECW. Is that the same Jerry Flynn? Or Maybe are you? Th- Jerry or Flynn. you're thinking of Jerry Lynn? Oh, not... I'm thinking of Jerry Lynn. Oh, yeah. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> yes, yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Lynn. yeah. Yeah, get the F out. <laughs> this is Jerry Flynn. That's Jerry Flynn. I apologize. Um, it can't be real, but can we really quickly talk about the Rihanna halftime show? <laughs> Was that not like complete? I'm convinced, and I refuse to believe otherwise, that that was entirely pre-recorded, and it was just it was just put in with holograms to the people on the crowd, and then they just recorded. They just showed. They just showed a fake background. I mean. She didn't even address the crowd until the very end when she said, thank you, Arizona. And that was it. I'm oh. sorry. It was horrible. Like, she literally went out there, however long it was, let's say 15 minutes. She did 15 minutes of her hits. Bing, 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 bing. She didn't even stop to say, like, Super Bowl! Nothing. <laughs> it was all pre-recorded. I'm convinced that they pre-recorded that on, like, Thursday of last week. And like I said, they just they projected it with holograms for the live crowd in the actual stadium so that nobody could say like, oh, we didn't see anything. It was like a it was like a David Copperfield bit. Well, I, I usually don't see these and I didn't see all of it because I'm, I'm usually making food during during halftime and, and out, outside grilling. Uh, I can tell you, though, that the whole Goldberg thing came from the car cast podcast that he does where he, he called the performance freaking horrible. I mean, I was disgusted by it. That's all. Let's just say that. I thought it was horrible. Like, 
okay. Okay, Bill, yeah. you know, whatever. Hey. Uh, it would have been, I guess it would have been much better if somebody had gone up on stage and, you know, kicked Rihanna in the, in the friggin' oh, head. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I was going to say, you could take that review and put it in that fucking Saudi Arabian match where he almost killed The Undertaker. <laughs> or how about oh. any of the last seven matches he's done for the friggin' WWE? Ugh, I fu- fucking Bill Goldberg. I mean, to get me to have fucking sympathy for Bret Hart. Is like a challenge, and I feel bad for Bret Hart having to deal with that fucking moron. Yeah, I hope that they are now officially 100% out of the Bill Goldberg business because, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep calling. I'm, I'm not calling him just by his last name. I'm calling him Bill Goldberg out of res- out of respect for, for my father, Bret. <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's right. I'm actually Blade Hart or Jade Hart or. Whatever. I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> even when it was, even when it was the Bears, I knew it was you. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way a true Bostonian is that much into hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, huh? Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, mean Gene. So I guess Come we're on, not. Get, we're not getting a what happened there. We're just getting a by the fucking pay per view. You we're assholes. Getting a, we're getting a guess what's gonna happen. Scott Casey is here. <laughs> yeah, this is the la- okay, so so Blair has been fired. That he got fired at the taping that occurred, I think, on the sixteenth. Mm-hmm. So it would have been between the last show and this show. The question is whether they turn it around to say that, you know, he Scott Casey is taking that. But we'll, we'll see if there's an update. Scott Casey is going to replace <laughs> Brian Blair. It's a formidable team, Jess. That goddamn podcast is going to take seven years to complete because I'm going to have to stop it on every one of those announcer things when I, when I hear it. Formidable team is 1988 late stage Ken Patera. Like, late yeah. Stage. Yeah. Uh, okay. Regret, regret to inform you that the 88 Patera has metastasized to your lungs. Very sad. Here's what fans around the country are saying about oh. the Survivor Series. Oh, is it Mijian on the street? <laughs> More men on the street stuff because the, this is what this is who you want to hear from. Like the mom and dad who took their kids and they don't even know what the hell is going on. Mm. All right. Well, we're going to stay home with our two-year-old son and watch it this Thursday night on pay-per-view. Should be a pretty good show. Really looking forward to it. Thanksgiving, my family, all my relatives, we're all going to get together. We're going to have our turkey. Then we're going to watch the Survivor Series hey. on pay-per-view. Yeah! Survivor Series, AJ, Thanksgiving, it's all coming down. No, we're going to get it all pay per to our house and support our man, right. Dugan. Oh! That guy looks like Kevin Dunn. <laughs> that guy looked like Kevin Dunn. Except his teeth weren't that bucky. Uh, those last guys who were holding up the foam two by fours, the one on the left looked beaked out of his skull. Mm-hmm. Like they, they definitely got to him after he had consumed something or other. You know, thinking back about right, this, yes, like that was kind of a dick move having it on Thanksgiving night because you know, like everybody in the Richfield area was like, all the mothers were pissed that like their dinners were getting consumed like way earlier than they needed to. Well, Thanksgiving night was a tradition in wrestling, except ironically in the New York territory. And they only did it, of course, because of the Starcade 87 thing the week before. Oh, what is this? The Nesson logo just popped on our screen here. So we're getting a local feed here. Well, 
we 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 shall see. We we don't know if it. Uh, this might be the Bangor, Maine affiliate. <laughs> Maybe Bangor, Maine. <laughs> I don't know. It's up, it's there, just... with, it's up there with uh, Butt, Montana, and <laughs> Lake Titicaca. <laughs> now apparently oh. it just displayed the logo on the screen, and we got. Ted DiBiase on his way to the ring. It is so annoying that the Saturday Night's main event stuff is up. <laughs> it's so it's so irritating to me. Like, why is it there? Why has it never been explained? Scott Hudson is like that. The Scott Hudson? No, this is the enhancement Scott Hudson. It's not the Scott Hudson. It'd be awesome if DiBiase was beating up on the announcer Scott Hudson. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. Scott Hudson, much like Jerry Flynn, is a symbol of WCW's decline. Every time I would see him on screen, it's like, well, this isn't really worth watching. Scott Hudson. Oh, DiBiase is, uh, was he trying to buy his way out of the match? That didn't really work well last time. It'd be kind of good if that's how, like, would you actually, would you be disappointed if that happened like every week? Where, like, DiBiase comes in and he tries to buy the match and the guy just takes the money and leaves. Well, they they did a bit here where he dropped the $100 bill. The enhancement mm. guy went to pick it up, and that's when DiBiase went on the attack. Virgil's oh, that like, was... that's, Virgil goes, that's my gas money. What are you talking about? That's very clever. <laughs> very, very clever on, on his part. Mm-hmm. But we get an inset promo from... Oh. Yeah, DiBiase's in a program with the mighty Hercules here. From Ooh. the third mega power. We're we're still still building him up a little bit, and uh, I don't even know how to bet on a Hercules promo. Okay, but, does all right? Does he make any references to like ancient Greece? I'm gonna or say ancient no, Rome. I'm gonna say no, but I, I will he say the word slave or slavery? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm no man's servant or something. I don't know. He could use all to, he could screw you over like time traveling Hogan used to. No, he's got to mention slave. Okay. In the moment I get up in the morning until I flick out that light at night, Ted DiBiase, you better believe I'm going to keep my freedom. I will never give up. Ted DiBiase, I'm going to prove it to you in the Survivor Series. Well, he didn't mention slave. He said yeah. freedom, but he didn't say slave, so I lose that bet. His his theme his theme music, which as we noted, they, they kind of were screwing around with, where it almost sounded like the '92 Flair theme. Mm-hmm. He should have got he should have come to the ring to "Sweet Freedom" by Michael McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been over with crowds. Or freedom was "Freedom" by George Michael out yet? No, that was '90, I think. Yeah, don't you remember the whole the song is listed as "Freedom '90" because Wham did a song called "Freedom." Freedom '90. Yeah, we don't we don't want uh, <laughs> freedom. I won't let you down. It's not it's like Blues Brothers 2000. We have to differentiate it from from the other one. Yes. Hmm. Oh, there's a DiBiase slam. Now, that was about a three quarter uh, angle on that one, so I'll give it a seven and a half. I'll put some respect on Scott Hudson's name because it's not the other Scott Hudson. Oh, there it is. Cobra Clutch. The irony is that in Mid-South, this move, the Million Dollar Dream, which was then called the Shinonomaki, 
was the finisher of one Hercules. Oh! Yeah. I thought you were going to say it was the finisher of Scott Hudson. That would have been really funny. <laughs> and the and the circle of life is complete. He stole <laughs> he stole his slave's move. <laughs> the, well, yes. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he had been doing it for a little. DiBiase yeah. only adopting the million dollar dream around WrestleMania four was funny because he he broke it out in the Mania match and they didn't know what to call it yet. Mm-hmm. Like, it's basically Gorilla going, ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is, the the, the million dollar, man. <laughs> what was he using before that? He was using a variety of things where sometimes it would, I think he may have used a stun gun once or twice, but that elbow off the second rope oh, yeah. where he, he would kind of go backwards that you'd see in the primetime intro. Oh, and now is, we're now we're in the event center. Is WrestleMania four his first pay per view that he wrestles at? Yes, because he's it not is. in that. He's not. Well, the Rumble's not even a real thing. But is he in the Rumble against Duggan? No, no, because it, the Rumble he was stuck. Well, I don't want to say stuck, but they did that contract signing, which you know, like the first of of its kind, where oh, they do the, yeah. do the tip over the table bit. Of course, the best part about that whole sequence was Hogan and Andre having to sit in these chairs that look clearly like they were plucked from a second grade classroom. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Can we give this seven foot four guy with acromyology fucking a, a, a chair his size? Could you imagine Andre going to his kids like parent teacher day? <laughs> like a second having a, I can't sit in that chair with the the dust attached. That's not gonna work for me, brother. Mm. And Andre just—he's just sitting on the teacher's on the teacher's desk, not at the teacher's desk. He's sitting on the teacher's desk because it's the only <laughs> desk in the room that'll support that man. Well, I don't know. I feel like he might go through the desk. <laughs> I want to know how is my daughter doing in uh, social studies. <laughs> Andre never did a table spot. <laughs> that, that we that we know of, he may have sat oh, on a man. table and got through it. Did Andre ever do like a choke slam to somebody? No, I don't remember Andre ever choke slamming anybody. You don't you yeah. didn't really see that until late later. Could you imagine like Andre choke slamming or being choke? Could you imagine Andre being choke slammed? Like, could you imagine him like wrestling like the Undertaker or uh, I, don't know, I guess Great Kali? I'm trying to think of somebody that would do a choke slam like. Yes, you know? yes, yes, I could, but only pre-81, Andre. Like, ni- 1970s, if you watch very early, Andre, and I think some of the clips of it is in that HBO documentary that I think I'm going to re-watch this week. Yeah. Like, 70s Andre was an athletic marvel because he could actually move. And then yeah. by the time you get to, like, 79 or so, then, you know, you can see, okay, well, this this thing is now have taking its toll on him. And he can't get around the way that he wants yeah, to. Yeah, imagine, imagine if he had surgery, like, like Big Show had surgery. Like, imagine if he had the surgery to like stop his thyroid in like '79. Yeah, he he should he should have had the surgery, much like uh, Paul Benedict, uh, the neighbor on the Jeffersons, suffered <laughs> suffered from that same disease. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna bring that up because I'm also binge watching the Jeffersons as well. <laughs> I mean, I already I already watched every Jeffersons episode, like. 
10 or 12 years ago when it used to air in the mornings on TV one, but I'm going to watch them all again. Yeah. And I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm telling you right now that Mother Jefferson is one of my favorite sitcom characters of all time. Mother George- Jefferson. George's mother on that show is so freaking great. And I'm not just saying that because she was born in like 1892 in Massachusetts. <laughs> the great the great Sarah Cully. <laughs> anyway. Mother Jefferson. Okay. This is a very interesting promo here because... It's not for any of the local events. And Mooney just throws it. It's a Survivor Series background. And it's just Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, just there by himself. And he's wearing a windbreaker, a sleeveless windbreaker. So it's, I know. Not, it's not really breaking any wind there. Is it? <laughs> well, it's protecting his chest. Maybe he had a chest cold at the time. <laughs> we don't know. No, he's perfect. He doesn't get sick, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He he just he just no shows Survivor Series '93, you know stuff like that. Yes, <laughs> that's his real illness. So yeah, uh, interesting that he's going to speak on behalf of the whole Dino Bravo team. Oh, he's, he's thank out. God, he's out campaigning for the hall for the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think it's a disgrace the writers didn't give Bravo five percent the first year he was eligible. I don't know why I keep making these jokes. It's so ridiculous. I think it's just to irritate me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That that's where my character on these podcasts has gradually become more heel over time. What I find funny is like you didn't even comment on my joke where we had on our little chat there you said something about Dino you mentioned Dino Bravo. Yes. And then I wrote back and I went, Future Hall of Famer, Dino Bravo. <laughs> yes. Of course. Because you keep writing future Hall of Famer, Dino Bravo. Yeah, I I, I think he should get in uh, for, for a variety of different reasons. And, and frankly, I'm insulted that I even have to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So very, very early Kurt Henning. Mm-hmm. And uh, he still yeah. seems very happy. No, no manager there or anything. So let's see what he's let's see what he's got. Kurt Hennig here, Mr. Perfect. And on Thanksgiving night in the Richfield Coliseum, the Survivor Series comes to town. And yes, Mr. Perfect is going to be a major part of it. And we have put together the perfect team. From top to bottom, see, I am absolutely perfect. No blemishes and no flaws. And we have put together a team. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. The return of the great one, Harley Race. The sexiest man in wrestling, ravishing Rick Rude the world's strongest man, Dino Bravo, and the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. A combination of all this great wrestling talent, and to top it off, the perfect partner, Mr. Perfect. Yes, we have all the bases covered, and we're going up against people like Ken Patera, Brian Blair, Tito Uh Santana, Jim Duggan, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, they're all great wrestlers, and they've got a lot of talent, but they're not perfect. We have the perfect team. And on that night in Richfield Coliseum, Thanksgiving night, it's all going to come to a head. It's all going to get down in the middle of the ring, five against five. And we are going to show each and everybody in the Richfield Coliseum that we have the perfect team. And there's no doubt in my mind, and there'll be no doubt in your mind after it's all said and done, that we are absolutely perfect. 
Mr. Perfect on the team of five, co-captain by Andre the Giant, and Dino. <laughs> I don't. That was a very long promo, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was good though. I mean, a couple of a couple of points I'd like to make on that. Yes. Uh, Thirty-five years later, everyone on his team is dead, and everybody on the opposing team is still alive. As we well, established last week. Yes. Um, number two. When he says he does everything perfectly, do you think that his wife always reached orgasm before he did? Only if only if she wanted to, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Something like that. Well, because he's like perfect top to bottom, no blemishes, you know, perfect body. He did everything perfectly. I wonder right. if he also performed sex perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the oh! blue blazer is the Nintendo power thing. There he is. And slams his opponent to the canvas, displaying WWF power at its highest peak. All right. Well. Oh, and, and now, now here we are. We have arrived at, at a historical precipice of a crossroads here. <laughs> this the, is... The, what does he say? The, what did he say when he was... You're right. The mundane and the... the when he goes to the what does he say instead of the macabre when they talking about the movie, right. Conline Conline Junior, like the the I can't remember it. Yeah, whatever. My father always said that a gallon of gold is worth more than a pint of blood. <laughs> very very he very much enjoyed his uh, mixed measurements, but only only on the imperial system. There's no mill no milliliters for uh, brainless the second. But yes, this is a very historic yeah. moment that we've talked. We talked about going through this project. Like, when does Tito Santana get music? Well, guess what? It's right here. <laughs> Can we go back a minute? I want to hear it from the get-go. <laughs> you want to hear it from the get-go? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. All hail. All right. You can't sit still when you hear that kind of music. No, you can't. Oh, you can't. I'm dancing right now. No, he didn't. That was that was Jesse. <laughs> no, Howard Finkel just called him Chico Santana. He did not call him Chico Santana. <laughs> Chico. All right. Well, he he's facing a very familiar opponent in uh, Steve Lombardi. Oh, nice. Oh my God. This is before he's Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah, not not very long. Only a couple of months. Steve Lombardi wearing a flashy uh, pink satin jacket. Mm, pink. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to judge him for, for that. He's wearing black underneath it. Listen, I'm not judging Brooklyn Brawler for what he prefers to do in the bedroom. Good for him. You know, no, be proud. Whether it happened or it, it didn't happen, uh, he, uh, he made a good career out of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean... He, say say what you want about Steve Lombardi's proclivities. Fucking nauseating. Uh, hey, that's mm. Car- Carlo. That's your opinion, all right? Yeah. <laughs> He's gotta go. He's gotta. And I well, I mean, I you know what? I'd let Steve Lombardi in my social club if you might. <laughs> yeah, he He's probably gotta has, go. He's got some good stories, I would imagine. Sure. And, and yes, I know that there's probably a Steve Lombardi shoot interview out there where he talks for an hour and 20 minutes. But uh, I'm sorry, my brain is just not wired to sit and watch these wrestlers bullshit about literally everything. 
to weed it out to get get to like the two wrestlers who can actually remember shit accurately. Mm-hmm. One is, of which is always Jim Cornette. The other one I think is Mick Foley. I think Mick Foley remembers everything, and Mick Foley doesn't seem to ever bullshit anybody. What an irony that the guy who constantly took steel chairs to the head has the best memory. Seriously. Like, the irony... I was just thinking of that last night. Like, the irony of of him... He couldn't remember where he lived, and that's why he's like, I had to stop taking chair shots. That's why I retired. He fucking remembers everything. It's like he pulled a Rocky Balboa. Like, remember how at the end of Rocky Five he started not remembering shit and he couldn't box anymore? Yeah. And then by the time he gets to Rocky Balboa, he's like, he's going to fucking steal trap. <laughs> Mick Foley stopped taking chair shots for like one year and his fucking brain healed. Well, no, Foley understood a, a certain 1980s trope, which is anytime somebody gets hit on the head, the cure for it is to be hit on the head again. So you just made sure that he was hit in the head with a chair an even number of times so that he could revert back to normal. Like he's in, like he's in Zapped or some shit. Like he's Homer Simpson. Yes. He's in Zapped. Oh, that was a great movie. We should watch that movie. Can we watch that? Is that like on streaming anywhere? No, we, we already have a backlog of films to, to watch, which includes Body Slam and uh, also a a movie that I drunkenly ordered off Amazon and kind of forgot about is uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Ah. Which you have to get the DVD of because it's not on any streaming service. Well, I know Zapped was like the first movie that I remember being like uh, tintillated, if you will. Mm. Yes. Because there's that like one scene where the girl, I don't even think it's nude. I think her shirt just pops open and you see like her in her bra. Mm. And I was like, hey now. This match here is between Rusty Riddle and the Red Rooster. Battle of the R's. So probably not the match for us because, you know, we constantly are dropping that letter. <laughs> and he's now got his rooster written on his jacket, so he's made the appropriate updates. Like what an like what an asshole Terry Taylor is to agree to this. Where is he gonna go? I mean, I've, I established how he wasn't in the NWA because he had he had some run in with Dusty, which is why he left Crockett the year before. He he left. He was in World Class and he was doing pretty well there in early '88, and then he he left there, kind of left them kind of high and dry. You're not gonna go to the freaking AWA at this point. Why not? What's wrong with AWA in 88? Because it, it it was declining at an alarming rate at this point. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they were still somewhat solvent, weren't they? Yeah. Well, and, and also, I'm not sure that Taylor wanted to work uh, the Minnesota territory, considering yes. that... Uh, not a lot I, of coups up there. Although I guess the AWA would go all, all over the Midwest. Not, not that it's any warmer in, in those places. But we we get an inset promo from the rooster who um, he's not really cool. ha- he's he's not carring a cooing just yet. Who's his opposite in in that Survivor Series match? I guess it would have to be Coco or Hillbilly, right? One of the <laughs> one of the favorites. Either the he's either the Birdman or the Barnyard guy. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, I guess the Barnyard guy <laughs> because he w- he's. Because he's angry, they're having an issue with him getting up so early in the morning, and 
maybe Hillbilly's up first, and he's mad that the rooster's not getting up to wake up the rest of the farm. <laughs> Is that Vince's thought? Listen, you're gonna feud with Hillbilly Jim because he's getting up early and he's waking you up to wake up the rest of the farm. That's good shit, pal. <laughs> I personally hold Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster, responsible for the spike in egg prices that we experienced <laughs> recently. That's that's what. What the hell happened to your mic? You sound like you were echoing off into the distance. Sorry, yeah. that, I was just laughing really loud. That's great. So we got yeah the inset promo here, and um, he'll he'll oh, do his Terry right. Taylor. Do we want to take that's who he complains about? All right, does he complain about either Hillbilly or Coco, or is it the whole team? No, you want you want to know what he's still trying to get his feet like on the ground and established. I think he's just going to talk about himself, his favorite you think, topic. You think he's going to try to get? He's going to try to stick his beak in, <laughs> like he's Johnny Sack. I'm not. I'm just living out here. I'm not gonna, I just moved out here, Tony. This is a place for me to live. I don't expect to put my. I don't intend to put my beak in. He's entitled to a lot of things right now. Come on, huh? He is. I'm not trying to put my beak in. All right, let's see what he says. <clears throat> Take a look at that screen and see the thing of beauty that Bobby the Brain Heenan has created. The Red Rooster. Things are gearing up. We're going faster and faster. We're moving in the right direction for Thursday night, the Survivor Series. Bobby, you've done your part. You've got me in the Survivor Series, and I'm going to do my part and help our team win. It says about all. Oh, okay. See, he mostly talked about himself. It's like him, like getting beat up by a fucking jobber is just such a like this. Is, how did he ever think this was going to go anywhere? Like as a professional, he must have just been thinking about the paychecks he was cashing. Well, the thing that's so strange about it is they they put him with Heenan and literally at the next taping, they're doing the bit where he's like constantly looking to him and Heenan is screaming at him like he's Bobby Knight on his worst day. Yeah. Oh. And there, there, there's the stunt guy. Like, it's almost like the Kamala thing. It's like you showed he could wrestle a couple of times on TV, and now you're making him out to be some idiot who doesn't know how to do things. Right. And the sharpshooter finishes, or excuse me, cock of the walk. <laughs> the Red Rooster. Cock. <laughs> I mean, it probably would have been better if Heenan had taken, like, like Barry Horowitz. You know, who up and up until this point had zero wins. Well, that's what and they then, were trying to do with Lombardi later on. Yeah, but it was Lombardi. I mean, you needed a guy like Barry Horowitz. I think what Rooster needed here, so that he didn't look like an idiot looking to Heenan, is he needed one of those uh, quarterback headset things, <laughs> like, a, like a thing in his ear, so that, that Heenan could just relay the instructions that way. Imagine if, like, that's what that's what the gimmick was, where he, he put a helmet on, like, every time he needed to talk to Bobby Heenan. Yeah, it could, it could be his rooster hat. They could just repurpose the unsold Hogan war bonnets. <laughs> and, and instead of Hulkster, it'll say rooster. It'll you say only rooster. have to change a few letters. It's, it's an ER. That yeah. works for me, brother. <laughs> Hulkster and the rooster. It's another one of those Survivor Series 88 ding things that I'm going to have to, like, pause and ruminate on. Two giant cucks. <laughs> now, but now we get a team promo. And unfortunately, this is much like our last show in that the, uh, the, the team promos only occur in the second 
event ah. center. And the last event center is, again, Sean Mooney talking the entire time. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. And I know you're going to be delighted by which team is up first here. <laughs> and, and look who's starting future hall of famer yeah future hall of famer dino bravo it's not the whole team because harley race <laughs> did not join them on this occasion and we don't see frenchy martin we only have heenan there so bravo is trying to represent himself as a member of the heenan family it, it's <laughs> nice to see that we have four members currently in the wwe hall of fame and one guy who will never make it ever in the history of anything Mm. I don't I don't know about that. I feel like if I do responsible if I mount a responsible campaign here, I th- I think I could get people to go along with this. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, what order are they going to talk in? We know Bravo is going first. I I'm going to I'm going to say that Bra- I'll, I'll go first. It's going to go Bravo, Rude, Perfect, Andre, Heenan. See, Perfect already talked, though. Yeah, I know, but there's nothing, no rule saying he can't talk again. <laughs> there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't use a sumo wrestler as a goalie. Uh, I'm going to say it's Bravo, and that's it. <laughs> this is the greatest Sears family portrait <laughs> you could possibly. A bunch of shirtless dudes. A uh, a giant behind them, and then Heenan, who's just wearing a jacket. I know you would have enjoyed. I know you'd like it. I know you would have liked to have your family photo behind a Survivor Series in front of a Survivor Series logo. It's <laughs> probably a way for me to edit uh, one of the family <laughs> photos from where I was a kid and make it look like a Survivor Series uh, <laughs> team promo. Me and my stupid sweater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So. All right, Hall, Hall of Famer. Thanksgiving Day, a very important day on the American calendar. It's also oh, the Survivor Series, and this is the most awesome team ever put together <laughs> in the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> He's eclipsed by Heenan, and he, he kind of did like the head around the corner <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kaiser just popping in. Whoop. <laughs> that's, that's phenomenal. And this is why we do this show is... So that when somebody asks, what was Frenchie Martin's greatest moment in the World Wrestling Federation? I'm going to say Survivor Series team promo, second event center, November 19th, superstars, when he was eclipsed by Heenan and you could only see the flagpole. And uh, he, he bobbed his head so that he could be seen very briefly. Because his guy's talking. Yes. <laughs> I just want you to know I was there. He he was probably on set first, and then everybody decided to stand in front of him as a rib because <laughs> he's the smallest guy there. And it's funny because Bobby's not even cracking a smile. Mm. You're like Mr. Perfect, Rick Ravishing, Rick Rude, Andre the Giant, Harley Race is going to be there. And what we've got to face, Kenneth Wayne Patera, Brian Blair, Tito Chico Santana, Hexer Jim Duggan. You know what? I'm coming after you, Duggan. Yes. And Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm coming after you. Jake the Snake, you made me get me by surprise. You tore that snake in that way. And now you jacked me mad. And Billy Mays, I will be the survivor. He had his arm on Henning's shoulder, and Henning was doing his best to no-sell it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was amazing. Meanwhile, his friggin' blood supply is getting cut off because Andre's, I'm on your credit battery! That's probably why Perfect went after Andre so vociferously during the 89 Rumble. <laughs> he was upset about that promo. So See, it's That's the other thing, is filling in these gaps of things that you don't understand in story. The hidden storylines are the mm-hmm. real storylines. Perfect was upset with Andre. That's why he didn't join the Heenan family until after Andre left. That's right. <laughs> we're, fig- Kirk- we're figuring it all out, aren't we? Yep, it's all coming together. <laughs> now, here's a crew. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Jake, Blair, Tito, Patera, Duggan. There's absolutely no way that any of the three guys in the back is going to talk. No. Yeah. Well, no, because Andre was the only other person that talked besides Bravo. Yeah. Oh, so what, what you're saying is the unwritten rule of this is only the captains can talk. It's it's great to see that this is the closest Dino Bravo ever got to a main event status. He co-captained a team with Andre the Giant. No. They got but... to talk first. <laughs> no, the closest he got to main event status was when he wrestled Hulk Hogan on the the main event, right? Or was it Saturday night's main event? I, 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 (laughs) yeah. If you said I, uh, approximately 39 more times, it would match the number of bullets that went into Dino (laughs) created another I. All right. Yeah. So this is, this is just going to be Jake and Doug and these mid South boys, they stick together. Sticking together is what good mid South boys do. I hate it when the waffles stick together. This Thursday night's Thanksgiving in the Richfield Coliseum, Survivor Series. You know, the beginning of Thanksgiving, everybody brought something to give. Well, we got something to give. See, we have a sixth member. Everybody else has got five, but we have six. Survivor, baby! You better believe it. I'm looking at a group of survivors, and there's no question. We're not going to work together like some well-oiled machine. But I guarantee you, when they ring the bell, we're only going to have one thing in our minds, one thing in our hearts, and one thing focused. That's winning. That's surviving. And that's what it's all about. Bring it on, Mr. Perfect. Bring it on, Bravo. Andre, we got something for you. And ravishing. I'd never forget you. Come on, guys. And Dino, I'm looking for you, tough guy. Yes, who? (laughs) But with what eye, Duggan? What eye are you looking for him? Patera is a survivor. We know that. I did 20 fucking years. You might be exaggerating slightly there. But one thing that I noticed as they were talking is all five of those guys have roughly the same hairdo. Mm -hmm. It's like they shared a haircut. (laughs) I mean, I know that like some of them are a little bit poofier than others. I mean, Tito and and Patera definitely come to mind. And Duggins is more more flat, like Mm -hmm. he just got out of the shower or something. Yes. And then Jake's got the... uh, Lawrence from Office Space look mm-hmm. going on. But hey, all... D- hey, Duggan, man, turn on Channel 9. It's the breast exam. But they all went to Beefcake and said, give us the number two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if Beefcake had a lot of customers in the locker room. <laughs> no, the number one was the Adrian Adonis, and the number two was the Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> will be the survivors in this matchup it's all part of the survivor series coming to you live thanksgiving night that is this thursday evening ding, ding, you all right yeah we we know that it's on pay-per-view i was hoping that you, i was hoping they were going to read off cable systems 
I always enjoyed when they did that. It's like, oh, that's what uh, the cable system was called in Weymouth? Mm. <laughs> well, I forget what mine was called before it was Time Warner. Well, yeah, I knew that Malden was different than, than where I was. It, it was Cablevision, I think. Yeah, I don't think I had Cablevision. Yeah, I can so. remember the name of my bank that we used back in the day, but I can't remember the name of my cable company. Mm -hmm. My bank was Pioneer Financial. <laughs> hey, we get that Savage commercial with the kid for the VCR WrestleMania game. Mm -hmm. I, who do, I know. Gee, who do you think won this television tape? <laughs> I I think Ron Bass beat the kid. Oh, no, no kid, I'm pretty. Kid, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Hogan was the guy that won that. Welcome to the WWF, where where the heels don't even go over in the commercials. <laughs> Apparently, we got we got a surprise commercial there for a little bit for Old Spice, but now we get the Heart Foundation in the ring. You know what's great is we had right before like the previous commercial break, it was a brief glimpse of the Heinz ketchup bottle commercial that stars Matt LeBlanc. Oh. Right? Where he puts the bottle on the roof and then runs down the stairs and the thing just drips on the hamburger. That's a very famous commercial. Yeah, right? Matt LeBlanc. Joey. Was that oh, his Johnny name? Johnny Ziggler. Yeah, John Ziggler, not the NHL president at the time. No, but Dolph Ziggler's father. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's even got a Z on the back of his uh, yeah. fight. Yeah. John Ziegler, NHL president, who they couldn't find when the referees went on strike. Mm -hmm. They couldn't find him. <laughs> that was the thing the text messaging would have uh, resolved, for sure. He was, pr he was probably in a field somewhere. Mm. Getting beat up uh, by, by... Getting beat up by Phil Iotato. <laughs> you know, why, don't you why don't you dig a hole out in the desert and show where it is? <laughs> We we already did the casino podcast, but as I think about it more, that one part of the movie where where Frank Vincent talks like mm. it, as like the narrator, yeah, I, I like that. It's such like a weird. It's my, change. it's my favorite. What was I gonna say? I know if I told the truth, we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> Frankie, you're a good boy, Frankie. <laughs> the little guy. He wouldn't be fucking the Jew's wife, would he be? Mm. <laughs> what was I going to say if I told Remo the truth? <laughs> That's my favorite part. He goes, Frankie, you're a good boy, Frankie. All my life, I want to meet a guy named Frankie so I could just say, Frank, so I could just go, Frankie, you're a good boy, Frankie. Well, let's see what we could do towards making that happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we get an inset promo from the Rougeau brothers. Oh. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get uh, Jimmy. Oh no, Jimmy's there oh, too. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> We're hard. Jim, not hard. I'm getting twenty-five percent of all your money. <laughs> are they and still gonna... all your secrets? <laughs> are they are they still gonna talk talk about secrets and twenty-five percent? Yes. I uh, I think they've let it go. Okay. Well, all right. Let's see. Look at the hearts of the ring. Look, they look so cool and cocky. They make me sick. Heart Foundation, this Thursday night, we're going to teach you a lesson in survival. And remember, there's a couple of things you don't have. First of all, Heart Foundation, blood is thicker than water. And a fabulous heart. Hey, they let it go. Probably because it was like, we cannot make the baby faces look this stupid. 
I think it would have been a good. I think it would have been a good thing to run a good angle if Jimmy Hart sued the Hart Foundation for the name Hart Foundation, and then they had to change the spelling of their name to like H E A R T. Like that would have been funny. The only the only thing with that is. It's like, well, Brett's last name is literally in that. So I think he would have a case on the basis of, well, that's also my name as well. And also, Neidhart spells his last name H-A-R-T. Yes. But still, it still would have been funny if they, oh, imagine if they had to change their spelling of their last names, too, to the actual heart. Like, Brett had to spell his name. B- he could go back to B-R-E-T-T. B-R-E-T-T-H-E-A-R-T. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I like that you proposed a litigation angle. Where, <laughs> of course, it would probably just end up where it's like, here we are on Miz TV, where the Miz will decide who <laughs> who gets the rights to the name Heart Foundation, or you I, or you or you just do an, a match in your house, uh, international incident or something. You know shit. what? They need something else in Montreal tonight. They should do that. They should have Brett. They should have Brett show up and have Jimmy Hart show up and have the Miz litigate. The court case between who and like have it be like Jimmy suing for back pay for like even all the '97 stuff. <laughs> like that for, would be fucking awesome. First, that would be the best. First of all, I don't want Brett wrestling in Montreal on pay per view. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, I think it would be much better to have Brett just do a reenactment of Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show ju- just to piss off Gabil Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably do it too. Uh, do, you th- do, do you think Brett would go go to Montreal just to troll Goldberg? I, th- yeah, I think he would. Absolutely. Brother, you know, doesn't that music kind of put you into a good feeling, McMahon? I mean, it puts you into a. All right, so you, 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 the the watch is on again because we're gonna have the Mega Powers on the Brother Love Show. Oh. Yeah. I I don't remember if they bring out the whole team or well no Hillbilly's phoning it in at this point. Wouldn't it be funny if the only one that comes out is Hillbilly Jim? <laughs> hey, his boots were given to him by Hulk Hogan. He owes them. That's right. That's how he ended up on the team. Hogan called for a favor. I'm surprised hey. Hillbilly Jim actually showed up at, at Survivor Series 88. Well, how, dang. How off, How many guys were on roster? I mean, if you're resorting to Scott Casey, how much? how much more of a bench do you have? Superstars of wrestling flashback. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't. Uh, apparently, Lanny was off limits because mm. they they wouldn't use him in that spot no. for whatever reason. Well, you can't have Savage and Lanny in the same ring. The only time it was acceptable was when Savage was getting coronated. That's true. Yeah. And and may, maybe there was a spot where he read a poem on a house show match beforehand. I don't know. See, I'm trying to think if well, he did. He read that poem at the at the Madison Square Garden. Show. Yeah, and but did a, did a similar thing in Boston too. Oh, echo, stop it! <laughs> My echo just talked. Oh. <laughs> um. Geez, I wonder if uh, now I'm beginning to now I'm beginning to second guess myself about my heaven uh, poker game. And whether or not Lanny's actually allowed to come into Savage's house at the poker. 
Well, are we still working under WWF rules? I mean, he's not he he's not WWF superstar, the genius or Lanny Poffo. He's a former New Japan announcer, Lanny Poffo. Okay, so he, right. he's allowed to go wherever he wants. Please, let's oh. hope so. I I love this look on Savage, the mm-hmm. black and the white with that belt. Oh, yep, he looks fucking awesome. Yeah, he does. God God bless that man. We should have had a two year, three year, four year run with this guy. No. Oh. I understand how how and why things went down. That winged eagle just looks right on him. I'm mm-hmm. not as big into that belt as everybody else, but that w- that belt reminds me of Savage more than anybody else because he was the first one to wear it on a regular basis. You know, I thought about that the other day when like people call it, like because everybody calls the winged eagle, they'll call it the Hogan belt, and I'm like, yeah, but you know what? It's not even though Hogan did have it for a year. And then, I don't know, what, six, seven months in 91? I don't associate that belt with Hogan as much now. I associate it more with Savage. Or at least, like, Warrior, you know? But Savage. everybody calls it the Hogan belt. But Hogan's belt for the majority of his first run was the uh, the other belt. Savage, Brett, and Diesel were the guys who had it for at least a year. Yeah. Well, Hogan had it for a year. Hogan had it for from five to six. Yeah, that's That's true, too. All right, so and finally we got to the end of Brother Lust's rambling fucking monologue, and Savage mm-hmm. Savage has finally decided to speak. Right. <laughs> Elizabeth is just going to stand there doing let's, Elizabeth things. Let's pay homage to the champ. Let's hear what he has to say. We'll do it. Oh, wait a minute. Listen to me right now, bro. Oh, Savage. Oh, God, this character is so good. It's like, you you could screw around, you could break my balls a little bit, but when when you start bringing up Elizabeth, I'm going to flip the fuck out, and you are going to regret it for the rest of your natural-born life. You hear that? Dig it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's such consistency in this character. And, like... I know I was saying in the last match how that 25% thing made made the hearts look stupid. So it's probably best to stop talking about that. And the, the whole concept of stupid baby faces has plagued WWE for at least the last 10, 15, 20 years. This is We're, the least stupid baby face of all time. Yeah, he, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, You know what? I say it now and I defend it 100%. Savage is the greatest of all time. Yeah, you know, I'm starting to come around to that, although I, I still also love Terry Funk because he literally did everything you could possibly do in <laughs> professional wrestling and, and do it well. Like, who the hell could have, like, an electrified barbed wire exploding ring match but also work holds with Jack Briscoe <laughs> in the 70s? You know what? I think there is a debate between who is the greatest of all time. And I think the top two competitors are Terry Funk and Randy Savage. It's definitely not Hogan and Flair. It's not like 
Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels or Piper. And, no, it's between, I'll give you that. It's Terry Funk and it's Savage. And they both showed up in the WWF within a month of each other in 85. Yeah. But you're right because, and and the only thing I would say is you can maybe give the edge to Terry Funk because he reinvented himself a few times. Mm -hmm. And that's where the difference is between, because even like Terry Funk in 88, 89 is different than the Terry Funk in 90, 91 and 92 and like, and, and that ECW era, you know? So but he's but the eight but the but the funk in eighty nine is completely different than the funk in like eighty two. <laughs> I I I like that you said that because you could be talking about wrestling, but you could also be talking about rap, hip hop, and R and B. That that the, the, that the, kind the of funk, funk. The funk in eighty nine was different than the funk in eighty two. Like, <laughs> yes, that is actually true in that multiple a, multiple that, cases. That is a multiply true statement, <laughs> but it's but it is true. I mean. Like, I think back to, like, the empty arena match with Lala. That's a completely different style of guy than the guy that was fighting Mick Foley in Japan. You know? Yeah, that, that, is, that is true. Although, with Savage, he would, he would reinvent himself, but it wouldn't quite be as drastic. But when Because think of Savage in this run, and let's just ignore the WCW thing where he was basically, you know, Hogan's caddy for yeah. far too long of it. Yeah. So he shows, like... Randy Savage in the WWF was like a car, like where it was like a different model year. He would roll out every year. Like the yes. eighty, the eighty-five one was a little bit more, you know, raw and gritty, more about like the big robe and all that. And then Elizabeth shows up; she's more of like like a character from Dynasty or something, like a movie star. And then in eighty-six, he becomes more of the jealous, domineering because you have the George Steele stuff where. Yeah. It's him and Elizabeth. And then in 87, after he loses the title, that model year, he starts to soften. <laughs> and pe- people year. people love the 87 Savage. What do I have to do to put you in an 87 Savage today? And and people flocked and they bought that car. But then the 88 Savage. Oh, they sold. I think they sold two million, two million of those cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Best seller. And then the 89 Savage with the uh, the the. The, the royal the royal crown package that mm-hmm. they started selling in the summertime. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking the 89 Savage is probably just as much. The 88's the best seller, but the 89, that was a good year. That was a good year. It really didn't start falling off until 95. And even yeah. then, or 94. 94 was kind of a dud. But then 95, he made back. He, he came back. I mean, I guess it does get a little lazy, like the differences between like, you know, editions of Madden, where it's only these small upgrades, like 91 to 92 to 93, because by the time he gets to 93, he's mostly an announcer. Yes. And but he was still doing great stuff. No, the 91 Savage is a great is a great Savage edition, too. But that's the one where they put out multiple editions that one year. (laughs) Yeah, they they got a little greedy there. (laughs) <laughs> like you, you didn't you didn't need to release three different models of the savage. Three that, model that... savages. <laughs> <laughs> you had the the early, the mid, and then the late. <laughs> the late I, model I, savage. I've been doing this for a very long time where I think of wrestlers like like different, you know, vintages of cars. Uh, yeah, the eighty eight savage. 
The 88 get, Savage. <laughs> get it while it's hot. <laughs> I, I ordered the 88 Savage with the sports the sports package. Well, if you think you hate this car now, just wait till you drive it. No, 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 no. No. Min, <laughs> Min P and we had Arctic Blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should probably let the guy finish. <laughs> or you're in such trouble, you'll never get out of it ever. I don't want you to say anything. I don't want you to see anything. I don't want you to smell anything. I want you to listen and listen right now. Listen to the sound. Listen to the sound as I introduce one half of the mega powers, Hulk Hogan. So Hogan gets his own entrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not coming out to Savage's music like he did at SummerSlam. I mean, listen to the crowd before this happened, before Hogan. I mean, I understand Hogan is Hogan and Hogan's white hot. Savage was fucking white hot. He was right. so hot in 88. I don't think they they didn't. They could have probably milked this until maybe SummerSlam, you know, and have a big blow up. Or even they're not going to get another year. And I know they weren't going to get another year, but. Ugh. If Hogan had taken, let's say, a full year off yeah. and, then, and, and just went away for a while. I think Savage's overness in '88 uh, definitely he he definitely could carry the company on, if not maybe like the absolute peak of Hogan's level in that four-year run, uh, mm. something very very close to it. But there's no way there was no way that Hogan was going to disappear for a year. I mean that it, his ego wouldn't allow for it, and also you know you, you have a very limited time frame when, when you're an athlete of any kind. But also Vince wasn't going to allow for it because he was always going to favor Hogan because that's the guy who brought him to the dance. That's the guy who brought his company to the next level. So he was yeah. always going to be, you know, weirdly loyal to him over 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 Savage. And Savage was clearly perhaps a little too deferential at mm-hmm. times. But, you know. I'm not going to argue with the way the guy did things after I just did a speech about how he's the greatest of all time. No, I mean, it's just, it's, you had to go this route. It's just, it's a shame because Savage was so over, like, it just, it's just crazy. But yeah, you had to do this. Like, it would have been better almost for if Hogan had like a nagging injury or something. And that's what kept him out for like longer than he originally was. Like, that would have been good, you know? And and the other the other thing that I think of is it, if you could have gotten Flair in at mm. this point, you you do a feud between Savage and Flair first, and then eventually Flair can win the title off Savage, yep. and and then you have Hogan ride in and and you and you do that match, mm. and you still keep you still keep Savage as a face, and yep. I know I know that you lose that little heel run. But you, you could you could turn him at some point. He's Randy Savage. He can always be turned one way or the other. Right. I mean, like if you bring in Flair in the summer of '88, like maybe you have, maybe you do like a t- like a titled match. At, like you kind of repeat '91 earlier, and you do like Savage loses the title at R- Rumble. Mm. 
to Flair. Perhaps with the Warrior doing a run-in and hitting Savage with a scepter. That would have been good. <laughs> and then and then you have Hogan. Like, Hogan could win the 89 Rumble. And then he challenges Flair at WrestleMania five, And then you have Savage feud, maybe perhaps in a retirement match with the Warrior at 89. Stop accelerating everything by two years. Stop <laughs> stop wrecking my childhood by by moving the pieces around. Like, did that happen when I was twelve or when I was ten? Uh, imagine, I really wait, imagine if Warrior hits. Wait, all right, not a scepter, but imagine if Warrior is the Intercontinental Champ in, at the Rumble '89. He hits Savage with the title to like have Savage lose the world title, and then Savage beats Warrior at, at WrestleMania Five for the Intercontinental Belt. I mean, Vince wanted to put the IC belt back on Savage. Why not do it then? Hmm. Well, perhaps that's true. All right, let's get let's get ourselves through whatever Hogan has to say, but also let's monitor it for anything that anything that might piss off Randy Savage. All right, do we want to count the brothers? Do you want to give me an over under on brother? No, because I don't know how long he goes, and this, okay. is a, this is a much less standard format. Okay, look at the look on Savage's face right here, where he's like, Macho Man, brother, when what? you get into the Survivor Series, it's different than any other type of match, man. You're in there fighting for your life, you're in there trying to survive, man. I learned that a long time ago. But after the beating I took at the hands of the big boss man, after he tried to beat me like a dog with that knife stick, you've got the perfect code, Captain, to stand toe-to-toe, back-to-back, and fight for our lives. And as far as I'm concerned, when I look across that ring in the Survivor Series, every one of those guys looks just like the big boss man. And what are they going to do? Yeah, you just don't know on like Brother Love how long he's gonna talk for. Like is uh, he gonna you, is he gonna gotten... oh, is yeah. he gonna engage in a filibuster like he's a southern senator speaking out against the Civil Rights Act? We don't know. <laughs> I mean it is Hogan, it's very possible. Yeah. You, know, you notice you notice Brother Love got out of there so that he didn't have to add to the brother counter. <laughs> get out of here brother love oh wait that counts he said the word brother oh good we get a survivor series report <laughs> with the big round glasses gene you know. <laughs> gene we're wearing his clown glasses his fucking spectacles he's wearing, he's wearing a dark uh, a darker like blue tie today yeah, yeah. Very, very pleased with me gene around this time He's not too tan either, but he's not too pale. Yeah, he's very dapper Dan. All right, so I have no idea which promo we're going to get out of this. Oh, yes, it's going to be. Please tell me it's a team in the boss, man. There it is. Yes. There, there's the team. Okay, so they're aligned in a similar formation that they were uh, on the last show where Slick is all the way in the back, and it looks like he's not going to be able to talk because how's he going to fight through, like, three rows of guys? <laughs> Actually, four rows of guys because he's got to get through Haku, he's got to get through Heenan, and then you got DiBiase and Bossman up front. It's a shame those two didn't get along a year and a half after this. <laughs> and then, it's, like, and then... It's, like a, it's like a power couple. <laughs> I mean, Haku is literally royalty, and he's stuck in row three, hanging out next to Virgil. 
Unacceptable. All right, my question is, will Terry Taylor put his hands on uh, DiBiase like he did that one time when he didn't no. know what to do with his hands? <laughs> no, he's been to- he's been spoken to. <laughs> Terry, <laughs> Terry, do not put your hands on DiBiase's neck, okay? Keep your fucking my hands <laughs> off my wife! <laughs> like, oh, here comes his hands. He's gonna, his, he's gonna rub his neck. Oh, <laughs> oh! Yeah, I'm just hoping it's not the same promo as last time, and they're just gonna <laughs> pr- pr- act like we didn't notice. All right. You know what I have to be thankful for? Because I'm going to be sitting at ringside with Virgil and my good pal Slick, and we're going to be watching these gentlemen stuff five turkeys. (laughs) Survivor Series, survival of the fittest. No, in this case, Virgil, it's going to be survival of the richest. And this team here is all jacked up. They're all jacked up because I have already lined their pockets with money. It's going to be a big day. And what are you going to be to? (laughs) Did you see the Taylor? He threw the money up in the air. He caught one of the bills and stuffed it in his thing. (laughs) He walked off set with it. That's my gas money this week, Gene. (laughs) Thankful for Hogan Savage, my slave, Hercules Coco. Thankful that the night is over. Tell him about it. Stevie Austin supplied me. We had custom fit everybody. But I brought a special pair, especially for you, Hogan. A little bigger, a little stronger. I got a team I can count on. You? Did anybody try to save you when I was beating you like a yard dog? Did anybody try to save you? Did any of the Googie Boots even know where you was at? You What is that nonsense? Survive! The first two Survivor Series, they always made a point, especially in the teams where Heenan was a prominent role, where they would all yell survive at the end. And it's really hokey. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. No, especially since it doesn't sound like something a heel team would say. That's like a thing like a face team would say, like, you know, put it in some kind of a fucking rhyme. Like, we're I can't rhyme survive. (laughs) I'm. I'm a little puzzled by something here, and it's that the co-captains are boss man and Akeem, but DiBiase is really conducting himself as if he is the co-captain and not Akeem. Well, mm, I mean, I guess, yeah, because technically DiBiase's feud is with Hercules. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, DiBiase needed to do that whole, like, Remember how, like, the million, the uh, NWO, he was the money man? Yeah, yeah. It needed to be like that. He was the money man of this team. You it's, know? I mean, clearly, they, they probably wanted to build Boss Man and Akeem as a unit, as Slicks guys, as the future Twin Towers, because down the road, you're going to do the match with them and the Mega Powers, and DiBiase is involved in a completely different thing. So... I don't know. Interesting how when you think about that main event in February of 89, the only guys who wrestled on that show are also in the main event of Survivor Series. Dang. It's six six out of the ten oh, yeah. guys from that match. The only ones that were left off were King Haku, Rooster, Coco, and Hillbilly. Went over to Mudlick and never came back. <laughs> All right, this is the ultimate test of survival. This I wonder if we're going to get another team promo out of this. I hope so. We're not hearing from the face tag team group very often. 
No. We're not having a lot of warlorded barbarian-led promos. I don't know why I was hoping for that so much. Oh, and here's one warrior nation again. Yeah. You love one warrior nation. Beef, there's a guy in the background. I can't see who it is, but it's Beefcake Warrior and Brunzel. <laughs> it's probably Sam Houston in the background. They, they told they told Owen to, to, to piss off. <laughs> Look at Beefcake. Well, wait, is that Beefcake's hair or is that the guy from behind? I think well, that's, that's all. Beefcake's yeah, that's all Beefcake's hair. It's very lush, <laughs> very lush and full. <laughs> will, he, will he mention poker? Almost certainly not. Well, he mentioned Buckman Street. That's the question. <laughs> Does he mention Buckman Street? Highly unlikely, Jess. Yes. The time is growing short. This Thursday night, Warrior, this Thursday night, it will be the chance when the team that we have put together here and we're a balanced team with Jim Brunzel, Sam Houston, and the Blue Blazer going to tear those guys limb from limb. Honky Tonk Man, Bass, Valentine, Bad News, Davis. Just chalk it up. You might as well not show up because the ultimate warrior here that's going to stomp little Vinny holes all over you. We're bringing the ultimate intensity survivor series. Thanksgiving Day. How many pizzas can they be chopped up into? Pizzas? Slimes and carbs just like the big turkey on the table. Well, Honky Talk Man, I've been riding that fine line of intensity here on Saturday long enough. In Survivor Series, I make a promise to you that my team is coming filled with rain. All right, in the tag team portion <laughs> of the Survivor Series this Thursday I mean, night, really? once a man has been eliminated, here. What a maniac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's your that's your co-captain who's going to lead you to victory. That guy. Oh, boy. He, he, out, he outwitted them. Yeah, Beefcake had, you know, memorable stuff with... Each of the guys on the other team, with the exception of Bad News, because mm. a beefcake versus Bad News match isn't going to really, uh, <laughs> it doesn't do anything for anybody. No, it's not yeah. really blowing down doors. <laughs> well, it, it might might be doing some blowing of a, of a completely different variety, but uh, <laughs> maybe that's where Bad News got the idea, which is what we're going to see on the next episode of Superstars. <laughs> Is uh, he's gonna confront Jack Tunney? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. And now here we are with the heel tag team, and once again, Arn Anderson is stuck up in the fucking rafters here. <laughs> like Roe, he, he, he he's so helpless, he can't talk. It, he's literally, he is literally the best promo on this fucking screen right now, and he's behind a conquistador. <laughs> yeah, I would rank, I would rank him ahead of Jimmy Hart. Yes. Uh, yeah, best yeah best promo on here is probably Arn number one, Jimmy number two, Smash number three. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go Jacques Rougeau three or Tully three, and and then I would go Axe. Okay. Af- after that. Okay. I, I don't know if I would rank Zukov even above the Conquistadors who simply didn't talk. Like that's how bad of a promo Zukov is. <laughs> is he ranks below guys who just was, simply were mutes. He was better not talking. <laughs> he ruined himself trying to talk. <laughs> oh, shut up! You're from Virginia. What an asshole! <laughs> I, I, I'm not even gonna try. 
Fuji's going to get to talk for too long, and that's why DBI, uh, that's why Demolition wanted to drop him because they were mad about this promo. But let's, let me let's, tell you, <laughs> let's let's see how it plays out. <laughs> Look at my new family, the family portrait. Ah. Like Mr. Fuji says, this is a new family, and it's this Thursday night when this team's on one side of the ring and the other team's on the other side of the ring. Who do you think's going to walk out of there with no injuries? It's going to be us because we're going to kick everybody's teeth in. Wait a minute. Fuji's talking about family here. And, and, and look what happens. You have to do the right thing. You have to go home to the family. You understand? Mm-hmm. You got to go home. Okay? <laughs> that was that was basically the end match instructions. You got to go home. You got to go gotta, home. You got to go back to the family. You got to go home. You got to go back to the family. Oh, the conquistadors. They, they last until the end. God, what a fucking amazing match that is. Mm-hmm. So Axe is going to get to talk here. I, you know what? I might be underrating him as a promo. Mass Superstar was a pretty good promo, too. But then again, it's not like I saw a bunch of week-to-week stuff from when he was in that character. But as Axe, he, Axe, he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, Slightly better promo than Darcel, although Darcel, as as Smash, he kind of developed a shtick that that worked like a template. Yeah. yeah. This is not gonna be a picnic. The powers of pain, the hearts, the rockers, the bulldogs, the stands. Talk about destruction. Talk about devastation. Talk about demolition. Talk about nasty, mean people. Take a look. We're gonna walk into Richfield Coliseum. And it simply says, Survivor Series. Look at the surviving faces. There's not an opponent on the other side of the ring that wants to get in. Anybody. We're going to pick and choose. Powers of pain. Hearts. Rockers. Stallions. One by one. You're out. Jacques Rougeau is struggling to get his face on camera because Fuji's hat is just completely... Yeah. Yet Arn was in the shot the entire time. Didn't say one goddamn thing, and he was the only one I was looking at. He's so far away from the microphone, he could have sneezed that it wouldn't have picked it up. No. Seriously. And I got my wish here. Here's the, the face team of of the tag team. But unfortunately, we only get 60% of the crew. <laughs> the Hearts, the Rockers, and the Young Stallions. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Sean's going to cut Brett off right away. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. Brett is front and center, but Sean is trying to insert himself into mm-hmm. this, into this whole thing. What a surprise. Yeah. Always, always a survivor series issue with these guys <laughs> now, now, now and forever. Yeah. I guess the powers of pain, you know, they, they didn't want them cutting the promos out front. No. And, and the bulldogs, since they were on their way out anyway. You know, there's no point letting them talk. Well, I mean, especially since Matilda wouldn't be there. You, you can't have you can't have the barbarian cutting a promo because he sounds like, you know, hey, this is the barbarian. <laughs> this is the that's why he needed Richard Kind to speak for him. <laughs> that's right. Hey, this everybody. Is buddy. <laughs> hey, everybody. Look, it's the barbarian. <laughs> and I'm the warlord. <laughs> Isn't he scary? All right, so it looks like Sean is going to talk first and okay. kind of, you know, in, insert himself into this. You know, I'm not even going to try to say what order, other than to 
The only bet that I'd be willing to make here is Jim Powers will not be allowed to talk. Okay. In no way, shape, or form. Oh, I tell you what, we're all gearing up for this Thursday night. The big one in Richfield, Ohio. The Survivor Series on Thanksgiving Day. And I think all of us got a couple scores to settle in there, right? Well, you talk about turkeys. This is the place for turkeys. You got ten turkeys. Ten turkeys. Count them. We got the demolitions. We got the Rougeals. We got the Bolsheviks. We got the Brain Busters. And we got the Conquistadors. But this time, we are all prepared. And we're going to dish it out like nobody's ever seen. Right, Anvil? You know, it's Survival Series, it really boils down to who's in the best shape. <laughs> With the co-captains, the power of pain and the bulldogs, what a team! Look out, boys! Look out! Because <laughs> we are coming! <laughs> I find this dramatically... Wow. Yeah. Not, no, not even giving Marty a chance to talk. Yeah, the, the Sean-Marty ratio was definitely thrown off. Yeah. You know, you could call the Rockers a Rock and Roll Express ripoff, but please understand that the Rockers ratio is a ripoff of my uh, Ricky to Robert ratio that I developed uh, years ago for for how much shit Ricky Morton was willing to take out, was willing to put up with from Robert. Yes. Oh, do we really have to see a milk commercial, or is this like promotional consideration? No, I like how this guy left in very random commercials. But like one for milk. This is how I'm gonna look when I'm 19. <laughs> I don't forget. Oh, you're gonna look like a fucking uh, male pop singer from the mid 70s. Oh, I was gonna say he's gonna look like a freaking stand-up comedian from the 80s, like one of those bad ones, like Paula Poundstone. <laughs> he looks like Leo Sayer from that album where he did the "You Make Me Feel Like Dancing," where he's like jumped up way in the air, like in the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, some of those album covers back in the day were just oh, un- unintentionally for the most the most unintentionally hilarious album cover is definitely Ambrosia's uh, 180 <laughs> with, with the three guys that yeah. are based. I mean, they're all. They're, I think legally, I think they're fucking each other. Like from the, <laughs> a specific legal term. Oh boy. Here comes let's talk, about, let's, let's talk more about friggin' uh, album covers. <laughs> because I don't want to watch this fucking match. Oh, come on. It's Beefcake and Honky. You, don't you know he's going to shave Honky's head on Superstars right before the Survivor Series? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hottest feud going since 1987. <laughs> hmm. You know, you know what's interesting is they, they were so thin for, for guys to be in the Survivor Series. You, George Steele, not well enough to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had his last match in September. I mean, nobody. he's still listed on the roster, though, as of uh, late 90, I believe, right? Well he, was, well, he was in the fucking wrestling spotlight intro, which drives me up a wall. <laughs> and and challenge. Oh, Honky's all shook up. He's got the hey. all shook up tights on today. Yes. I'm all shook up. Uh, Beefcake, uh, he's got the, the, the nets on the side of his tights. He, it's cut up really high, so you can see more ass. I want to tell my... Hey, Bri, we're watching a match with uh, the Buckman Street Barber here, your former uh, poker buddy. Yeah. <laughs> my brother's not impressed. Your brother, huh? Bri- your brother Brian, whatever happened there? <laughs> my brother goes, how's Ed doing? <laughs> Ed's doing pretty well. He's got to take off his little purple jacket, though. It's there it is. Look at his friggin' hair right now. What the hell's going on there? He has very little tights. 
there. Like he's it's, got very it's, little. He's got very little tights and very big hair. I I really hope that um, yeah we're seeing an awful lot of beefcake ass mm. with that particular gear. You're 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 obsessed with beefcake ass. I'm obsessed with the fact that he just came from a Motley Crue concert. <laughs> like seriously, his hair is ridiculous right now. What's well, oh, not? Oh, high knee. It's 1988. That was uh, in fashion. Not that it wouldn't be net. Motley Crue played a great show at Fenway Park last year, as I understand it. Right, take it easy. What? <laughs> I'll I'll have I'll have you take it out of here in half a second. Mm-hmm. Come on, huh? You know, if it, um, if, it, if it didn't wouldn't lead to the immediate end of my podcasting career. <laughs> <laughs> did um, did Tommy Lee use his uh, ding dong for a drumstick? I don't know. I said, as I understand it. <laughs> you weren't there. We need the, to call Bar Chris, because we know he was there. It was all second and third hand <laughs> accounts. <laughs> Which is usually what Pamela Anderson had. She always had second and third hands on her. I have seen the video. She <laughs> she did all right. I'm all oh. shook up. Oh, 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 there it is. Yeah, there it sleep- is, the butcher man. I'm surprised we haven't seen the Survivor Series teams come down in support of their guys. That was usually a trope. Oh, oh there's there Ron. Is. There's Ron right. Bass right on cue. Come on, man. Oh, you know who's coming down now? Yeah, well, luckily we have all the substitutes in place, so it's not like we're going to have a random Morocco run in here. It'd be awesome if everybody but the Warrior came down, because and the Warrior's just like, I don't come down for anybody. <laughs> yeah, what is Sam Houston going to do? What's he going to do? Throw a yes. bottle of whiskey at him? Wait, here's a question. Oh, there's Blue there's the... Blazer. Oh, there they are. Oh, there's B. Brian Blair. Oh, no, that's Jumpin' Jim Brickson. There's Sam Houston. Just what you always wanted to see. Sam Houston and Blue Blazer double-teaming the honky-tonk man. Oh, there's Greg Valentine wearing those. He's wearing those, like, pale baby blue pants again. I love it. Oh, there's Bad News. Bad News wearing a shirt. To cover, oh, there cover is. his nipples. Yeah, okay, so we got the entirety of those teams in the ring and the baby faces clean house. I like that as soon as Warrior shows up, Honky bails and runs away. Hey, that's consistency in the character. Hey, he, he saw Randy Savage and said, you know what? I got to be like that guy. I got to <laughs> think about my character and I got to have it be consistent. <laughs> it's consistent in its convictions and its motivations. Wow, Owen meant business because he pulled down the fucking straps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brunzel was wearing his uh, Killer Bees gear, which we wouldn't see at Ding. Oh, and here we are at the event center where Mooney is going to give us the fucking State of the Union address. The State of the Union of the WWF is good right now. This is where we get the little, the little pictures of the guys. Powers of Pain. Yeah. They're the captains, but we, we can't have them cut promos. Nope. Mm. The Conquistadors, as Demoli- called them. Demolition. The sorry. They have, they have the masks on, but not like not like the stupid gimp masks from 1990, like the hockey masks. Yeah, they have the good masks on. Yeah. Har- Harley Race. Like, when was that picture taken? <laughs> 1985. <laughs> Oh, Brian Blair in the middle there. Still being promoted for the show. 
And his bass honky, which we talked about at great length. So, if Brian Blair is still being advertised at the week before, not even the week before, like days before, yeah, they didn't know who they had probably going into the actual event, huh? Yeah, so if he got fired a couple of days before this went on the air, and I mean, this was probably sent to the TV stations. Yeah. Uh, like, we need to find somebody on roster. Yeah. And at that point, who who are you gonna choose? It's basically Lanny and Lanny and Scott Casey, mm. and they decided, well, we'll do Scott Casey because it would be too weird if if Poffo can't read the poem. <laughs> we can't waste time with on poetry. For yes, this. Not, we get not that we, we got to save our time for the end where Hogan is handcuffed and and playing grab ass with Elizabeth. Grab ass. Grab ass. Oh. Are they going to tell us? Oh. Are they going to tell us Adelphia Cable in Holbrook, Massachusetts? Adelphia. For pay-per-view availability. Dane is fast approaching this Thursday night. Oh, they do that thing that I hate where they go back to Mooney, who repeats the thing that was just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of making me not want to watch this show. Bullshit. <laughs> That's the biggest thing of bullshit I've ever heard come out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's weird because the next Superstars is after the Survivor Series. But, but is that, it is it taped at the same location? Yes, it is. They're oh. still in Baltimore. And we get a WrestleMania 5 preview with Hercules versus King Haku. So we're, Survivor Series will not be the next show that we do. Dang. The next, the next show we will do, we have a choice. We could either do the challenge from this weekend, or we could do the the long two hour edition of Primetime, which is the one where Bobby Heenan and Gorilla are at the marina and Bobby steals the boat. Okay, so that's already so that's already the winner, but what's on challenge that week? This week. Well, that is a that is a very good question. And uh I wanna I, know if there's even a competition. With challenge, the only thing with with wrestling challenge is uh, maybe, maybe the results aren't quite uh, all all there. So we're just we're just gonna see. We're actually we're just gonna see the matches and not like who did the what inset promo and and all that all that stuff. And we don't necessarily have to decide right now. Oh, Nikolai Volkov versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. What year okay, is this? Okay, so we're gonna watch. Um, we're gonna watch prime time. Uh, <laughs> You don't want to see Mr. Perfect versus Scott Casey? All right, so we're going to watch primetime. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure, no. I don't need to. I mean, as much as I love Perfect, um, him fighting Scott Casey and beating him in a jobber match is not the main selling point, as opposed to seeing Bobby Heenan and Gorilla on a fucking boat. (laughs) But you do get event center promos from Honky, Mach. Uh, I think that must be the Survivor Series report where you get the Mega Powers and then DiBiase and Boss Man and then a final event center with the Brain Busters and DiBiase. Mm. You know, we'll, you know what we can decide later. Yeah, let's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll just uh, we'll, we'll we'll just table that topic for another can, time. Can, 
we got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility that we could watch Wrestling Challenge, but then watch this the segments with Gorilla and Bobby on the boat? You're asking me to do an awful lot of editing. <laughs> and you know how I feel about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, okay. I I do my best with what the... Uh, with the, with the tools well, that I've been given. I can always, if we watch primetime and being a two hour show, I can always slim down the, uh, the nonsense that I bring to this, to this, to this show to kind of keep us on schedule. So I would just let it keep playing through, uh, some of the, some of the matches. That, yes. That that's air, true, yeah. air during that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was kidding about the not wanting to watch the survivor series. Cause I actually threw it on about a week ago. <laughs> Late at night, I fell asleep, and as always happens, I woke up when Hogan was handcuffed to the ropes. Some people fall asleep to rain sounds. Some people fall asleep <laughs> counting sheep. Pete falls asleep to the Survivor Series '88 thing. The fact that I missed the entire tag match, though, it, it makes me <laughs> sad when I wake up, and that's like, well, well, how can, how can I even go on being awake now? Do you ever have? You know what's funny is I I read something once where it said like. No one ever remembers when they fall asleep. <laughs> like, do you remember what do you do you recall the last thing you consciously remembered watching before you woke up and saw Hogan handcuffed? Um <laughs> I I if I remember correctly, I think it was the very beginning of the tag match. <laughs> because That's I rem- a- I remember watching the finish of the first match where Warrior does the axe bomber on both guys mm. and pins each of them individually. I, and I then, just, and I then that you like laying on your couch or laying in your chair or laying in bed, whatever it is, and you're just like, oh, grace is heavy. And and that weird thing where where they where they do the break between the first match and then the tag match, and Gorilla says, "Coming up next, Jeff, a uh, Jess." <laughs> You call him Jeff? You know what the good thing is? Is that you also missed all the random commercials that Peacock inserts now on all these shows. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's fucking bullshit. I mean, yeah, I know. I could just get Peacock Premium for whatever dollars more. It's like, well, maybe I'll do that when I cancel Netflix. Because that's happening. I I am canceling Netflix. Like, the second I watch the rest of Cobra Kai, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm fucking out. Okay. Because I hardly watch anything on there now. It's like, why am I paying 15 bucks a month for like, I'm, I'm just waiting for Cobra Kai to be over. And I, I, I have this fear that I'm just going to be hate watching it through the through the last season. Oh, no, that won't happen. No, I no, it was definitely coming to that because like the, the stuff with Daniel's son, I, I just I, I, I can't fucking do it. No. I'm sorry. That kid was Can't like a fat, it. a fat lump, and then like, like, um, oh, now he's thin. No! I can't have that well, they and, sent him and, to fat camp. Well, <laughs> image enhancement camp. That's <laughs> really for daddy's chubby little secret. <laughs> and then, then he bullies the kid, who then bullies him back, and you know, but all, bullies all. him worse. Yeah. I, I guess I'm only in it for the uh, chosen storyline with uh, Kumiko. I mean, they, yes, but I mean, let's be honest. All they did was catfished that kid. They catfished him and then made fun of him. 
That's true. He did that bring kid, it on himself. That kid put his head in a shitty toilet. Mm. Like, you can't have that. Yeah. It's a, it, 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 on sportsman like swirling on the offense, no. a, a 15 yard penalty. No, I can't have that in this time. can't. It's unacceptable. Yeah. I just liked it best during the first season when he would appear for five seconds and I could just be like, that piece of shit. He was. And then there was that one year, one season where he doesn't appear. That was glorious. Yeah, because he went to fat camp. Oh, I'm sorry. Image enhancement camp. For daddy's Daddy's chubby little secret. Chubby little secret. (laughs) Well, well, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. Thanks for making time for me. Amidst all your other podcast projects. Well, Robin, you've said it all. <laughs> I forgot. That's our bit now. <laughs> yes. Uh, my brother, my so my brother got a new car and he's got the Sirius for like three months. Oh, and yeah. he, he says to me the other day, yesterday, he dropped my son off, my son, my nephew off at school. And he's like, so the ride back from the school to here, I, I turn on Stern and he's like, He's like a 70-year-old man talking about getting a blowjob from his wife. He's like, who wants to listen to that? I'm like, nobody. That's why the show sucks. Well, we actually had our one day of uh, Beth Stern that we all uh, tolerate each year when she did, like, the Kitten Bowl or whatever that was on Great, Great American Family Channel. Yeah, That's I like, didn't, oh, yeah, yeah, I it's didn't the, watch that. It's the one day with, with Beth Stern that, I, that I'm there for... <laughs> Oh well. Instead, what I did yesterday is I listened to uh, it was, it was, it was like two different YouTube segments where they were goofing on Jackie and like Jackie's acting, and when Jackie's in the movie The Wicked and he's like, and it's with him and like those they're like gangster senators, and he goes, and the best part is like they go, you gotta do a show with that's got no indecent material, and then Jackie goes, what? It's like they, it's just Howard riffed on Jackie going, what? For like 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, that's what I miss. I miss when they used to make fun of Jackie's all the time. Yeah. Well, Ugh. again, it's just, just not, not the same, not the same show that, that it no, once was. But it, but it was, it, it's kind of like watching like late, late stage slick. You know, you long for the old days, but you're stuck with what you got now. But any, any show changes over time i mean remember when we did this podcast and and there was no um no sopranos drops whatsoever i'm a breadstick yeah (laughs) jesus fucking great fica (laughs) and federal withholdings well that was that was one of the that was one of the early ones yes but you know we could only mention that when we saw our irs (laughs) things things change over time Mm mm-hmm and I know, I know that you you're you're now doing a Seinfeld podcast. Tell me about that. Jesus. So it's um it, it's real simple. It's on the North South Connection, and we're uh, myself, uh, JT, and Aaron are watching rewatching Seinfeld. Um, and I've done a few. It was funny. They did the first episode, and I wrote to JT and I said, "How do you do that and not invite me on?" And he goes, "Oh, well, you could be on every other one now." <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, great. So we've done the first we've done the first three episodes where we rewatched and we talk about the show. Um, so uh, it's 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 a lot of fun um, just because it's Seinfeld. I mean, it's the best sitcom of all time. So, you know, we get to talk about that. And season one's great because it's like it's kind of like the first season of every show where the only exception, I think, 
is, and I know you love Mad Men. In my opinion, I think the only exception is like Sopranos and Breaking Bad, where it's like season one is great. Usually every show is kind of like they're trying to get in their feeling, their feeling out period in season one. Um, so, but I mean, Seinfeld was great altogether. So, yeah, and there's only like six episodes in that first season. And I yeah. think that if you said three, I think the fourth episode is the one where uh, a male unbonding where, yes. um, yeah, you know who is on there with, I uh, do. with Jerry. I do. He's not fucking dead. Yeah, I know. Great, I get to, I'm going to get to gloat about Kevin Dunn, the great Kevin Dunn. We, we, and you can say the great Kevin Dunn to differentiate him from the from the shitty ass Kevin Dunn. That's right. That we're I mean, more associated with with doing a wrestling podcast. <clears throat> you know, I remember when Kevin Dunn was in like Small Soldiers. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, Small sort of Phil Hartman's in that. It's a great movie. But I always laughed when I would see Kevin Dunn and things because I always liked him and I always remembered him from that. And then when he shows up in Veep, I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. And then he became like a superstar. It's kind of like Gary Cole. Like I really liked Gary Cole and everything that he did. And then he shows up in like and then when he's in Veep, you're like, oh, fuck, Gary Cole's the best. Yeah. yeah he... <laughs> and I remember when freaking like um. When Diedrich Baker showed Diedrich Bader, yeah. Yeah. Apparent apparently you, you cut yourself off there because you I, I'm gonna guess that Keithy uh, hit his mute button and uh that's that's why he's uh currently off the air. Yeah, in fact I, I could see that he hit his mute what button. What happened? I hit my you, mute button? Yes, you did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well that probably means it's time to wrap this up and please if, if you've enjoyed what you've listened to whatever this is this this thing of ours you don't ever admit the existence of this thing you can leave no. a five-star review on uh apple spotify whatever the whatever the hell fine fine podcast reviews are accepted because it provides what is known as social proof that you're listening to and enjoying this podcast now i'm on twitter at gf allen pod he's on twitter at flounder 824 and you can email greatsvalentine at gmail.com. And tune in next time for another exciting edition GFA Live. When they go, come on, huh?